comedy. Six letters, but a thousand reasons it makes the human condition easier. That's right, folks. Today we're talking Crashing, Season 1, Episode 2, The Road. So let's stew it. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Crashing After Show here on After Buzz TV. In case you didn't know, this is Flood by Jars of Clay. Did not know that. Which was heavily featured in this episode. Are there any of you guys Jars of Clay fans? No, I no. don't even know who that is. <laughs> song sounds okay, though. You know, I actually, like, really know Jars of Clay. I think I told you guys last week that I grew up in a very similar home to Pete Holmes, so I'm, like, very familiar with Protestant 90s rock. Okay. Um, and they're pretty cool. I don't know. I, I feel like they could have picked a really ridiculous 90s Christian rock group, but Jars of Clay was like kind of like DC Talk. Remember them? No. Really? <laughs> You're well, having a conversation with yourself here, Jeff. The show's crashing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jeff Graham. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Crashing After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. For the first time, we have a full panel for yes. episode two, so we're yes. so excited. Because of that, we'll start with you, Michael Rippey. Introduce yourself. Oh, wow, we're going back. I like this. Yes. My name is Mike Rippey. You can catch me on social media at Mike Rips, M-I-K-E-R-I-P-S. All right, I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. You can find me, Mina Makes Magic, Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, I mentioned it, but you can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham if you'd like. Ladies and gentlemen, let's talk about episode two of season one of Crashing. Um, Michael, the first thing I want to do, we haven't gotten any reactions for you about this show in general because mm-hmm. you weren't here last week. So what do you think of Crashing on HBO? I'm excited. First off, just in general, HBO usually puts together good uh, good footage, good shows. So just that right there got me excited. Mm-hmm. And so far from last the first episode and today's episode, uh, I like the cameos. I love comedians, so it's right up my alley. I'm excited where it's headed. Good. Yeah. Well, let's talk about specifically this episode. How do we feel about this episode overall, and how do we feel like it compared with the first one? Mina, we'll start with you. I mean, I feel like the first one set the expectation pretty high. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, it wasn't terrible, but it was kind of like, it wasn't as good as the first one for me, specifically. I think I would agree. What do you think, Josh? It started getting good, like, a little towards the, the, the car man. scene with the pepper spray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with Mina. I actually didn't like the episode at all until Susie came to the picture. I mm-hmm. think Susie added a nice dynamic to it. I think her character was awesome, and it actually lifted the episode for me. Okay. Well, also, J- Josh, you uh, made mention to me while we were watching that there was uh, a scene there that was very reminiscent to you. That is you true! Where it was, right? Okay, so I grew up, I was originally from the Bronx, but then I grew up in Rockland County, New York, and the diner they st- uh, really? stopped at. It was actually a hotel. They made it a diner, but it was a hotel. It was in Nyack, New York. I grew up like 10 minutes away from the shop. Wow. And yeah. most remarkable about the whole scenario of you <laughs> telling me about, oh, I recognize this. And he paused it. He, I paused it, and right after we went further in the episode, it was about four seconds later where Artie Lang said, uh, how depressing is this place? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I don't know if it was the most generous portrayal. No, of it, it wasn't. But that place is right across uh, the highway from the Palisades Mall. Now, is it as depressing on the show as they portrayed it? No, Nyack's not. Nyack's That's cool. That's good. It's cool. a cool city. Well, actually, I want to get into that because I think like depression was something that we kind of saw as a recurring motif in this episode. But before we get into that specifically, I want to ask you guys what you thought of both of our major guest appearances this episode. So we got T.J. Miller playing a version of himself, and we also got, I have her name, give me a sec, Gina, Gina Gershon playing Susie. What did you guys think of both of these? We'll start with T.J. Miller's performance. 
Uh, TJ Miller's performance, I mean, I loved how enthusiastic he was, mm -hmm. but his stand-up comedy was definitely not my cup of tea at all. Fair enough. I didn't think it was that funny. It was okay. Yeah? Yeah. Have you, are you familiar with TJ Miller's work at all? I know his face, and okay. that's why I was asking. At mm -hmm. first I thought he was from Workaholics, but he's not from there, but I know his face. Yeah. I just don't know where I've seen him. Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Um, also, like, some movies. Like, he yeah. was in, um, what was that movie called? She's, it's the one where she's a ten and he's in a six. And it's got uh, Jay Brichelle. Yeah. Um, I, I know you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Is that cool? Is it called She's? No. She's just not that into you? Yeah. Isn't that what you were thinking? That's the first thing I thought. Was he in that one? No. I'm thinking of a different movie. We can get it. Forgetting Sarah Marshall? No, 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 no. It wasn't that. Damn. I know I've seen him a bunch. I just yeah. okay. him well, I liked TJ Miller, and I thought he was fine in this episode. I mean, he wasn't overly hilarious, but I think mm -hmm. Gina, like I said before, I think she stole the show. I think she was a great addition to the episode. Yeah, good performance on yeah. her part. I thought. Yeah. What did you think, Mike? Yeah, I, think, I thought she was good. The pepper spray and even the the scene at her apartment was great. But I enjoyed TJ Miller, mm -hmm. especially at the end of the episode where he smashes the glass on the ground yeah. when they're done. Like, I, <laughs> it's, it was like straight TJ Miller. So if you like him, you you would like that. If not, but I thought it was very fitting for tonight's episode. Yeah, it's funny. I'm kind of hit or miss with TJ Miller. Like, I think he's actually an incredibly talented actor. I really respect him as an actor. I think his performance um, as Gosh, what's his name on Silicon Valley? Ehrlich Bachman is one of the funniest comic performances on TV right now. But his stand-up can be kind of hit or miss for me, to be totally honest. It's funny because him and Pete are really good friends, but they have totally different approaches to comedy, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, cool. Well, then let's dive into kind of more of the stand-up. It seems like this episode was about the road. It feels like this was kind of about what it's like to travel as a comic. And I kind of have a feeling that each episode this season is going to kind of tackle a different corner of stand-up comedy. Um, what did you guys think about just the portrayal of stand-up in this episode? I guess we can talk about the sets we saw. So you mentioned you didn't love T.J. Miller's set mm -mm. at Tata's for Haha's. I didn't. What, it was a little brash for you, or...? I don't know. I just I didn't find myself laughing mm -hmm. the way I do if I watch Louis C.K. or Aziz Ansari yeah. or even, like... Some of Larry David stuff. Yeah. Uh, I just, I didn't think it was, it was okay. It wasn't like the worst thing I've ever seen. It right. just wasn't my taste. I'm trying to remember, he talked about, I have it written down. He talked about, um, oh, drunk brunch. I thought this was kind of funny. When you're so drunk that you don't know if you can make it, or you're so right. hungover that you don't know if you can make it to brunch, but. Yeah, I mean, I didn't find his stand up that funny either. What I found compelling about the episode, though, was his argument with Artie in the back and mm -hmm. how you have to fight for every inch in a t this type mm -hmm. of industry. You yeah. know, you want the same amount of time as somebody else, you want the same recognition. And I think that speaks to anyone who's creative, whether it's the arts, mm -hmm. comedy, hosting, anything mm -hmm. like that. So I think it, it uh, gave a nice glimpse into that. Hey, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Go ahead, Mary. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, talking about the motif of depression, mm -hmm. it's really interesting to see how success doesn't necessarily have an impact on depression. Yeah. Like, you have Artie Lang, who That's is super successful right. and incredibly depressed, addicted to drugs, um, definitely in a rut. So it doesn't seem like it has any sort of influence. It seems like it's internal, like yeah. how you create your own happiness. That's a good point. Yeah, I want to talk about both of those things. I think what you mentioned about fighting for time was really interesting because Pete Holmes had to do that as well. He had to fight for right. his five minutes. Even despite driving Artie all the way to Albany, he had to work to even get any material in the opener. And it's interesting because kind of what you mentioned, no matter where you're at in stand-up, mm -hmm. the struggles are the same, no matter how successful you are. Because Artie Lang and TJ Miller, two established comics, are also fighting for their time. Right. Um, let's talk a bit about that depression. I feel like we got a little bit rounder of a version of Artie's character this episode. Did you guys think we saw anything different from him, or is it just me? Uh, 
I don't know if we saw anything different. We just saw a, l a little bit more of him mm -hmm. and, and how he reacts in certain situations, how he doesn't feel like he has self-control, so he has to kind of assign Pete Holmes as his keeper. Yeah, I what guess. did you guys think of this like plot of like Pete Holmes is preventing Artie Lang from doing any drugs? I thought it was a good addition to kind of... I mean, I feel like it's a joke. Mm -hmm. And so it's just part of the, the entire comedy thing. And one thing I liked the most about T.J. Miller was not just his set, but I liked in the back how he was talking about uh, how Pete Holmes has to be, uh, as an opener, you have to be like a cool sidekick, someone mm -hmm. that you'd be cool to hang out with. Yeah, yeah. A good I hang. enjoyed that. Yeah, you got to be a cool, a good hang. It was mm -hmm. a little bit of, like, that's reality and showing you a little bit behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this episode's st sticking to Artie. Like, the first episode, you kind of laughed at his stuff, and in this episode, you kind of just felt bad for mm -hmm. him. So he was definitely humanized in this episode. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, we mentioned, so fighting for time, being a good hang. We got some of these kind of backdoor views of, like, the world of stand-up comedy. Mm -hmm. uh, this was a really interesting line, and I brought it up in the opener, but um, T.J. Miller and Pete Holmes kind of have a discussion about what comedy is. And um, T.J. Miller says, comedy, six letters, but a thousand reasons it makes the human condition easier. And then <laughs> yeah. T.J. Miller's like, your turn, and Pete Holmes says, to comedy. Take a look at your life and then write down some thoughts, memorize them, and then pass them off as something you're saying in the moment for people who are drinking and pay to cover. And T.J. Miller's reaction is, you're weird, man. Yeah. Um, do you guys see a difference in their views on comedy based on these two quotations? Definitely. I mean, you can just tell from Pete Holmes's quote that he's not really getting it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not supposed to be something that you just memorize right. and deliver. It's something that you feel and something that... Like, this is why I think Louis C.K. is such a brilliant stand-up comedian. You love Louis. He's so, <laughs> he's so great. Because everything he does, he has, like, a sociological approach to things yeah. where he observes, and then he talks about things that we notice inherently as humans. We, like, notice these things, but he right. frames it in a way that is really funny. And Pete Holmes is just doing this thing where it's like, okay, I'm going to take something that's supposed to be funny and deliver it. And when you're asking for a laugh, you're not going to get a laugh. But when you're really showing something hmm. I mean yeah I, they have totally different approaches to comedy I think that those two quotes kind of show you the difference in character first that TJ right. Miller is kind of he's rolling he's on on the top of his luck at this point so he doesn't really care too much to think about it so deeply he's just doing him in the real fashion whereas Pete Holmes is down on his luck right. struggling and so he's thinking about everything and that's where that kind of... Uh, Methodical. And he's, oh, you just think about it, you just memorize it, and you deliver it. But obviously, that's probably not the right way to do it. Right. Because, but he's, it's more of a bigger picture for Pete Holmes in the moment <clears throat> that his character is completely struggling, he's getting divorced, mm -hmm. his wife's cheating on him, and he's getting five minutes as an opener, and no one likes his stuff right now. Right. So... It almost questions if he's doing it for the right reasons. Mm -hmm. Usually we do things creatively because we love to do it, but he seems like he's just doing it to do it, if that makes any sense. Maybe he thinks he's good at it and you can make a career out of it. But usually the best art comes from, you know, the heart and what you love to do. And what he said doesn't sound like he loves what he's doing. He's just doing it to do it. Right. And T.J. Miller actually calls him out. He says, um, you're going camping. He's like, I would never go camping right. unless I was specifically looking for material about what it means to go camping. Do you guys think Pete Holmes is working hard enough at this point to be the stand-up he needs no. to be? No. And I didn't realize it up until T.J. called him out. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah. He's just going through the motions right now. Right. He doesn't really have any focus, so he's just going through the motions hoping something's going to happen. Right. But I think it's the bigger picture of everything going on in his life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, we talked about this last week, but it feels like until he kind of embraces the struggles in his life, and 
isn't afraid to put those on stage, he's not going to find success in his stand-up. Though I really did like his bit about the poorly spelled Ku Klux Klan member. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that actually was pretty good. Yeah. And also, I think we saw towards the end of the episode, maybe the start of a turning point. Yeah. Because he gets a he gets a check. Right. For Pat, Pat Holmes. So it's Pat not Hounds. The, oh, Hounds? That's what it Right. It's not his right name, which is funny in itself, yeah. and that's the issue. But it's the fact staff. that it seemed like there was a positive out of everything. He's getting something, like, maybe that's a starting of a turning point. It, made him uh, like a, it probably made him feel like a professional in, right. that, in that one moment, so. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think we might have even seen growth in his stand-up this episode. It wasn't as, I think we're going to hopefully see better from Pete Holmes, because I know what a great stand-up he is, but... I thought the clan bit was kind of funny. I don't know. Um, okay, great. I'm trying to think if there's anything else about stand-up specifically that I wanted to talk about. Well, well, I know. I, I, I had a question. Yeah. It was right at the top of the episode, mm-hmm. and when he goes to the bodega to get Chinese food. Yes. How was it $31.25? Oh, well. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> that was bananas. $31.25. A lot of meat. close to that much money on a, no. like a, a salad bar or a bodega food? No, but no. when you go to Whole Foods, like... That, but that's that wasn't Whole Foods. Foods. I, I know. <laughs> I guess... That was like, not Whole Foods. That's a bodega with C rating. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of took it as just like a New York joke. Like everything in New York yeah, is Yeah, but so I expensive. lived in New York and there's no way you pay $31. Well, you've been down LA for a year now. That's true. So that's it true. was just super expensive. I was just wondering, like, have you guys ever done anything even close to that much money. And I was like, no. that was not that much food. I know, that was, yeah, I didn't realize until my second viewing of the episode, but I was like, whoa! That's a yeah, lot. That's a lot yeah. of money. Um, okay, cool. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. Um, yeah, I feel like we did get some good insight into what the road looks like. I think even just, like, the giving people rides for favors, that feels like a very stand-up thing. That was a cool thing for me as, like, an outsider to learn, I, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, I want to talk about this second plot, which was Susie and Pete and Artie, this kind of interesting... <clears throat> for me, this was definitely the stronger half of the episode. What did you guys think of this kind of subplot where um, Artie's kind of falling for this girl who's coming out to him and Pete has to rush in and save the day? He's, not, like he's not falling for her. He's well, just like, oh, attention. He wants to hook up. He's, yeah. he's interested in this hookup. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely interested in that. She's, I mean, I, I guess that's the environment that a lot of guys are in in the entertainment industry where people like your work and they kind of fling them. Yeah, they kind of do. Um, but I love how Pete Holmes is just, like, he's given a small task and yeah. he makes it his mission to do mm-hmm. the best possible job he could ever do. So you can tell he has a good heart there and he really cares about saving Artie, the, yeah. the lengths he goes to to right. do that, like things that are even out of his character, like letting her smoke her cigarette in his car, right. just like speeding off. Yeah. What did you guys think? I mean, I think it's, I, it was funny. I didn't really, the whole Artie angle I didn't really connect with. I think I was more focused on, what's her name, Susie in the episode? Mm-hmm. Susie. Susie and her, the way she reacted to Pete when she thought he was a rapist. Yeah. <laughs> that was probably, uh, That was the best scene out of all the scenes in this episode. That was the I mean, only I, one that I laughed I saw really it coming once, like he said that he wasn't coming down, but <laughs> it was just funny. And then when Pete says, it's, it's like the devil came in my eyes. That was <laughs> hilarious. That was funny. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, the I thought that it got better. Yeah, you know that that part was probably the best part of today's episode, and I I liked when they were in. I liked when Pete was doing his uh, his impressions, like Mark Wahlberg, yeah, and uh, Schwarzenegger. Yeah. That like yeah. was a little bit better, Pete, and. It, so I like that part mainly. That was probably my most favorite part of tonight's episode. And, and that was probably the first time all series that we saw him think that he was funny himself. If that yeah. makes any sense. Like he was like in his zone. He had yeah. confidence. Yeah. He yeah. was getting like affirmation that, yeah, no, I am funny. 
Yeah, this was... I liked this subplot, I think, just for the character work that was being done, because I thought the character of this single mom who really likes Artie Lang but isn't super confident in herself, I thought it was a pretty nuanced performance for, like, the 15 minutes she was given. Mm-hmm. So I do want to shout out Gina Gershon, who I thought was Gina. really really good in this episode. Um, I agree with you guys. I think the um, pepper spray moment was probably the funniest part of the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, once they got inside, did you guys think... She kind of gave me the impression that he shouldn't have let her on. He shouldn't have gone in with her. Right. Do you guys think Pete screwed up here in that decision to go in with her but then not put out? I mean, any... We all look at Nina. From a female perspective. Like, if a guy goes into your apartment, I mean, I feel like that's a bad... A bad sign, like you know what's gonna happen, but right. because we know it's Pete Holmes, we know nothing's gonna happen. Right. So she didn't have a good read on him. But then again, they had a very odd introdu- introduction where she did think he was like a, a rapist. So yes, <laughs> so maybe she it's was like, start. expecting something else. I don't know. What did you guys think of her reaction? Did you think it was justified, or did it surprise you? It surprised or? me because you really yeah. never hear girls like, "Oh, you led me on by coming into my apartment." Right. I, it, it's kind of like a reverse. It was like reverse roles there, and if. What made me feel weird was, like, even when she voiced that, he wasn't like, oh, okay, let's do this. He was still kind of like, no, because mm-hmm. I think naturally a guy like, oh, that's what you thought? All right, let's go. Yeah, yeah but <laughs> also not naturally a guy that's getting divorced, his wife's been cheating on yeah. him. So I think mm-hmm. it's just more uh, detailed on Pete's character and, yeah. his, and his lack of confidence, right. his confusion, and the place that he is in, in general. He's right such now. a nice guy. He's such yeah, a, he's nice, such a guy. nice guy. Yeah. And he's a commitment kind of guy. He's a commitment You know, like, he's not going to just have but, a one Well, he's committed stand. to his wife even though she's cheating on him. I, right. Actually yeah. having an affair because he seems like she's in a relationship with the dude. Yeah. I, I, but I appreciate it because I think right now we're getting kind of the worst of times for Pete. Mm-hmm. And I think that we're going to see his character continuously kind of grow and improve. And so looking back at this episode and, and early on, Pete is going to be nice, I feel like, when he's starting to make it and doing more because right. the struggle is so real right now for yeah. him. Yeah, and even though he's at the lowest of his lows, he's still holding on to his morals and That's, standards. Exactly. Yeah. You're seeing, like, the the true nature of him. Yeah, it's a lot about him. I also think probably, too, he wanted to be loyal to Artie. Like, he knew that Artie kind of wanted oh, to hook up first. And, like, I think it... I don't know if we'll see Artie again, but I think... Artie would not be thrilled if he found out that Pete hooked up with her. I actually, I don't know if he'd care. Maybe. I don't know. That's a good point. That's a good I think point. it would be a joke. Yeah. That's my. I think it would. Artie, laugh even, it if, off. even if Artie was pissed, he'd be pissed for like two seconds. Yeah. Be like, ah, fuck it. Or yeah. he'd fake. Like this was an interesting insight for me for Artie's character at the beginning of the episode when Pete is just waking up. First of all, it's like one p.m. and Artie's like, "Why are you up so early?" Yeah. That was kind of funny. And then um, he piece. I think I actually wrote it down. He's talking about a sad movie. He goes, sometimes when I'm sad, I just like to watch sad movies. <laughs> Seeing somebody else cry gets a good cry going for me. And um, Artie's like, dude, just be a man. Repress all those emotions and just don't feel anything. So I don't know. I, I'll be interested to see if this potential hookup comes back up in the show. I kind of would like it to because I'd be interested to see how that affects Artie and Pete's friendship. Do you guys think we'll see anything more, or do you think that's no. kind of a closed book? I think it's a closed book. I think we're going to see TJ for that episode, then it's going to be a closed book on TJ. Mm. I think yeah. it's like a segue like into the T.J. Miller part. That's and then T.J. Miller is going to segue and they'll be... Sarah Silverman. I just think it's going to continue this, this season that way. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. That's a cool prediction. I think we'll see Artie Lang in another episode. Not the next one, but I think we'll still see him again. Because he's... If he was in the very first episode and he's the very first person that came into Pete's Pete life. Holmes' lot, yeah, Pete's life, then yeah. I think he's going to come back again. Interesting. In a meaningful way. I think... I actually agree with you, Mina. I think mm-hmm. that's what's going to happen. 
Um, okay, cool. I want to see if, before we get into predictions. Oh, I did want to talk about. I didn't tell you guys this, but I'd like to start doing favorite lines from each episode. I know I didn't give you any warning, but I think you guys had written something down that you wanted to... Yeah, I, I think it's the devil came in my eyes, and then he <laughs> says, it's the devil, he doesn't ask where he can come. <laughs> I thought that was yeah. really funny. That was funny. Uh, and then, I forget who Artie was talking to, but it was when Artie was talking about his weight, and they, and I think the other guy said, what do you put cocaine on your cheeseburgers? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That was, funny. <laughs> it was amazing. I have to say, I think I liked when Pete was pitching alternate plans instead of the three hours going back to New York. He said, we can get a pizza, a milkshake, go to a nudity booth. <laughs> I forgot that was even a thing. I just love that Pete's version of like promiscuous behavior yeah. is going to like an old-timey 1910 version of porn. Like, that's just so funny. And also, this is, a great, this is a great idea that you have with the lines because anybody that's watching could share their favorite lines in the comments. Too. True. Love it. Yeah. In fact, if you're listening, fan engagement, we'd love for you to comment. Hit us up on Twitter, rate, like, and subscribe. There's tons of after shows here at After Buzz, not just yep. this one, but we'd love to get to know you guys, our fans, better. So please rate, like, and subscribe and comment on this video. Absolutely. If you're watching, you could be listening. If you're listening, you could be watching. So many options. There we go. So, um, cool. Well, I guess with that, let's go ahead and dive into some predictions. Let's do it. Sound good? And now, oh, get the show going. Buzz. Great. So we made some predictions about format. It sounds like you guys have a suspicion that we'll kind of get a comic introduced, Pete will crash with him or her, and then he'll kind of make his way out that episode, and that pattern will continue. Yeah, that's more of Rippy's idea. Without question, my prediction that he's going to crash at uh, a new comic's place each episode. Mm -hmm. That's kind of where I just figure the name of the the entire show came from. For sure. What do you think, Josh? Any predictions... In general, I guess. I mean, we're going to see... What's his girlfriend's name? I forgot. Jess. Jess. We're going to see Jess again. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Definitely more of Leif. Yeah. Uh, And I think think Pete's going to start setting up for himself in that situation. Um, Yeah, I hope so. I'd like to see that. Any predictions? Uh, I kind of agree with Michael, but at the same time, I think there's no way he's going to find... Like every single person possible to crash with. So oh, what's going to happen? So there is going to be a time. Uh, there is going to be a time that he's probably going to be homeless on the streets and oh. run into his ex. Ooh. I think that could possibly happen. I also just I, I I didn't finish. I think that not only with the crashing thing, but I think that towards the end of the the season. That it's going to come full circle and that his ex is going to want to get back with him, but he's going to be on top of the game. It's like... Interesting. Nice. Yeah. yeah, I remember you had said first episode, you don't think they'll get back together. No. I think I think he's going to make it, and then he's like, you weren't with me shooting at the gym. Yeah. That, that <laughs> um, I'm interested. I'd kind of like him to meet someone else, another girl, because I'd be interested to see him start nice. a relationship again. Um, so far, there hasn't really been a romantic component besides the first couple scenes in the pilot. Maybe so I'd like Gina to see. still sticks around. Oh, that'd be really interesting. <laughs> yeah. Huh. That would not be a good match, though. But maybe it maybe. secretly would. Maybe like, that's what, what he needs. What kind of girl does he need? Well, I think like he probably would like the fact that she has kids. Like he's so yeah. dad-like already. She's probably she might be attracted to his like paternal qualities or something. Mm-hmm. I think that Susie's the perfect character right now for like a rebound. Yeah. The crazy kid right. thing. They get him like more straight edge. Then they like get him over his ex. Yeah, and then he could get someone new that was like You're right. a real girl. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting. I I don't know if we've seen the last of her, but I thought she was a really interesting character. So I, I could use some more Susie. I think. Um, one last thing I want to say before we go. This episode was directed by Chris Kelly, who I really like. I don't know if you guys saw his movie Other People, but I think it was one of the best movies that screened last year. So if you liked the direction of this episode, I'd highly recommend that. Nice. And I also learned, listening to an interview, that this whole show is shot on film. 
I don't know if you guys are like nerdy about cinematography or anything, but well, explain that. So like, ninety nine percent of what's shot nowadays is digital. Okay. Um, but like, very few directors, like Christopher Nolan, still likes to shoot on film, and Paul Thomas Anderson shoots on film. But it's way more expensive to shoot on film because with digital you can just keep doing takes, but with film you're actually using physical material. So you've got to like, you got twelve minutes at a time. You got to take out the roll and get a new roll. And yeah, they're shooting this whole thing on film, which I think is a really interesting, ambitious choice. What so. effect does that have though on the final work? You know, it kind of gives the show a look. Um, and I think, like, the show kind of wants to feel, like, a close to its roots kind of, um, you know, like, uh, in the action kind of show, which I think film can kind of... I think, uh, with a production schedule on film, you have less takes. Mm-hmm. Just, you... So there's more pressure on each take to really deliver, so I think it kind of creates a sense of urgency. More, more authentic, true, too. Yeah. More authentic, yeah. I was gonna say, that's kind of true to the nature of stand-up, though, mm-hmm. because you don't have, like, a million times to get it right. You're, right. you're live. So. Yeah, I'd love, I'm hoping to book Pete. It'd be so cool to get him on the cool. show, but I'd love to ask him kind of why that choice was made. But in the comments, let us know if the show's being shot on film. Um, do you guys have anything else about the episode that I kind of haven't touched on yet? Feel do, you th- do you think that the check is going to be able to be cast or no, mm. because it's not in the right name? Pat Helms. It's only 250 right? Yeah. What do you mean, only $250? When, when you're broke. <laughs> I mean, he did five minutes. Yeah. yeah. That's... Um, I have a feeling the check won't come up again, to be honest. I think he's going to try to cash it in the beginning of next episode and get rejected. That's what, okay, one interesting thing I did want to mention. So far, we've only seen two days in Pete's life. Yeah. You know? And I wonder if, if we're going to get just a full day in his life each episode, we're going to only see eight days of his journey as a comic, which wow. is kind of interesting from a time perspective. But hmm. I never thought of that, yeah. yeah. I don't know, I kind of I thought of that today when I was watching. Well, I guess with that, y'all, that was our crashing after show Um, thank you so much for tuning in guys Um, once again this is After Buzz TV's after show for crashing my name is Jeff Graham you guys can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham and I'd love for the rest of my panel to see our way out you guys can find me Mina Makes Magic on Instagram and Twitter I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. And I'm Mike Rippy, and you can follow me on Instagram and social media at Mike Rips, M-I-K-E-R-I-P-S. Guys, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Take care. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.